and welcome to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. It's April 15, 2022. This marks our 50th episode. Praise God. A milestone is here today on this blessed day of Passover, April 15, 2022. I am Sister Noelia. I'm in studio today joined by Sister Yira. And we are going to present you our 50th podcast entitled The Works of Yeshua HaMashiach. A special thanks to GospelRiver.com for Angels from the Realm of Glory. Hallelujah. praises to our King of Glory, our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach. Hallelujah. Hello again and thank you for joining us here today on this morning of Friday, April 15, 2022. And this is episode 50 entitled The Works of Yeshua HaMashiach. I hope you have taken in our last podcast, number 49, entitled Celebrating Passover. We covered why we and in Israel will commemorate Passover with a feast of Sedar, which it will take place at sunset. So let's remind our friends and family to remove and clean our houses and dwellings to free them of any leaven and leaven-based foods. So today is Passover, and the evening of feast is set for the mark of Feast of Unleavened Bread to begin tomorrow which is Holy Sabbath Day and will continue for seven to eight days if you live outside of Israel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for listening. I am Sister Noelia and Sister Yira is here in the studio and we will be presenting the works of Yeshua HaMashiach. We want to express that we do this podcast for the love of God. We will never ask for a donation because we want the integrity of the Lord's message to remain pure. We would like to thank our music support by GospelRiver.com as well as some of the independent artists who have contributed to our program. You can find us here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast, on Podbean, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes LA, and our new addition to Player FM. Please download it and share it. Hit the like button. But please encourage others to join to listen to these beautiful messages of our Lord. Once again, thank you for joining us and sharing the good news of the great hope and our living King, Yeshua HaMashiach. We must never forget all things are made possible by the Lord God Almighty because of Yeshua HaMashiach. We have the victory 
in Him. Today and every day, we are here marks a blessed reminder of why we have this opportunity to discover our Lord and Savior, Christ the King. Hallelujah. I would like to give a thanks to GospelRiver.com, to Calvary, Lord Assembled, Lord Mariton. Praise God. Hallelujah. He took to Calvary for over our very lives. Praise you, Yeshua. Let's begin with our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And please help us not to fall into temptations or transgressions, but deliver us from, from evil. For thy is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Praise God. We are here celebrating Passover and his glorious works all the way to the cross. As you know, Passover is a celebration in remembrance of God's delivery of Israel's freedom from its slavery in Egypt. The Israelites were held in slavery by the Egyptians from anywhere uh, from 400 to 430 years. This would have been an extremely long time for the Israelis to be in slavery to Egypt as many generations would have experienced the intense and brutal environment being slaves in Egypt. No, it's very desert-like there, very hot. The Passover is widely celebrated among Jews because it marked the release of Israel from the clutches of Egypt. Moses had been trying to ask Pharaoh to let his people go, yet Pharaoh constantly told Moses no. However, God would deliver hard blows of plagues and death to Egypt and pull Israel completely out of their enslavement through a parted open Red Sea. Hallelujah. So on tomorrow, we will commemorate the Feast of Unleavened Bread where we eat matzah for the next seven to eight days. Why is this important? It's important to our God, to our Lord, that his children remember what he has done for his people to celebrate these events as 
When you celebrate them, you also celebrate God's victory and you also celebrate him. Today we will be looking at the scripts of Mark. So if you will turn in your Bibles to Mark. Before we get into it, um, Mark 7 is the seventh chapter of the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament. This chapter explores Yeshua's relations with both fellow Jews and Gentiles. Yeshua speaks with the Pharisees and scribes and then with his disciples about defilement, and he heals two Gentiles. Mark 7 is placed into three parts. The first part is about pleasing God, where Yeshua states in 7.5 through 7.13. Here he overturns yet another set of traditions among the Jews. In this chapter, Yeshua allows the disciples to eat without washing their hands. When asked by the Pharisees why his disciples were not observing the tradition, he answers that it is common for hypocrites to only honor God with their lips and not their hearts. Therefore, their worship is in vain, since they only practice mainly teaching instead of trying to please God. In the purity sense, Yeshua enters into a heated debate with the Pharisees. He explains that there is nothing a person can put in himself that can defile him, but what comes out of a man can taint him. When the disciples ask for an explanation of the parable, he holds them to what he one takes going into the stomach and not the heart. What defiles a person is not the food that one takes, but what comes out of his heart. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you, hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is korban, that is, a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. Mark chapter 7, verses 14 to 16. When he had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me, everyone, and understand. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, 
let him hear. Here Yeshua is making it clear what means unclean. It's not about the dirt on your skin. It's about the filth on our souls through physical acts of our flesh. Mark 7 verse 17 to 23. When he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, Are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods. And he said, What comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Then he meets a Greek woman, and this woman needed her daughter to be clean of unclean spirits. Here in Mark 7, 24. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. The woman offers the right attitude, and by not becoming defensive, Yeshua goes on to heal her daughter. What is most important is a Gentile is being approached by the king of Israel, and the faith that is being displayed by a non-Jew it demonstrates how many were being touched by the presence of God and their faith was growing and becoming stronger even while just being a Gentile. It didn't matter at this moment that they were not an Israelite. Yeshua's healings continue to grow fame by spreading beyond the Jews to other people and regions. Yeshua visited the cities of Sidon and Tyra located in the northern part of Galilee. Here he beats a man who is deaf and has a speech impediment. Yeshua heals this man by putting his fingers in the man's ears and placing his fingers on the man's tongue. 
In Mark 7, 31 to 35, Again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon, he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. Then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then, looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephata, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. We can see here in Mark 7, Yeshua's authority to challenge the earthly laws of men, to make clear what being unclean is. Let's remember, by doing unclean acts over time can cause unclean spirits to take up residence in a person and eventually overshadow the person's ability to function just like the little girl of the Greek woman. However, the daughter was young. Those forces come from the sins of the parents or their generational ancestors. So the sooner we turn to God through Yeshua HaMashiach, we can rid those unclean spirits. However, in some grave cases, it may be needed other measures of fasting and praying, and even others who are true believers and followers in God to assist with such cases. But ultimately, God through Yeshua HaMashiach does the purging of any and all unclean spirits. Thank you, Lord. Yeshua will travel to other cities. He would grow a following because of his ability to heal and to teach. Let's look at Mark 8. Here, Yeshua feeds the masses. Mark Chapter 8, verses 1 to 8. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way. For some of them have come from afar. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small feasts, and having blessed them, he said to set them also before them. So they ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Yeshua was with his disciples, and a crowd of thousands of people on seeing that the people had stayed for three days without eating, Yeshua felt compassion for them and decided to feed them. 
He asked his disciples to bring only seven loaves of bread that they had. He gave thanks to God and gave them to the disciples so that they could distribute the bread to the people. There was also a small fish which was distributed in the same manner. This amount of food was able to feed everyone. Here, Yeshua is showing us that for days the crowd had followed him for three days. He knew they needed to eat. Look at the message here. If you follow me, though you might grow hungry, I will feed you. And only I can satisfy you and fill you. In this case, he took the physical bread and fish and multiplied it and fed them. However, in the spiritual state of these people, they were not prepared to see the strength in the Lord Yeshua's actions in feeding the mass. Now, if we can take a look at this passage, eight, Mark 8, 14 to 8, 15, here Yeshua challenges the apostles of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Hedro. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So in the case of the Pharisees, he is equating leaven to the evilness of hypocrisies. Let's go back to Mark 8, 11 to 13. Here, the Pharisees seek a sign from our Lord Yeshua. And in this challenge, Yeshua's response was no sign was to be given to this generation. We're going to read now. Then the Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. But he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Here the Pharisees asked for a sign. Yeshua had been given plenty of signs and reasons to believe, yet they wanted more. Let's go and read chapters 13 to 15. Verses 13 to 15, Mark 8. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, and the leaven of Herod. Why are we repeating this? Is because this is the most important about the unleavened. The verse says, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Hedro. In Matthew and Luke's account, it helps us to understand exactly what he meant by that statement. In Matthew 16, 12, they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leavened bread, but the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In Luke 12, 1, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Looking at leavened bread, leaven is used to make 
and rice dough. All you need is a little bit of leaven. Therein lies the illustration. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Apply that doctrine and hypocrisy of the Pharisees to try to heed Yeshua's warning to beware of this leaven. These things can infiltrate our hearts and spread to corrupt us and lead us away from God. The leaven of the Pharisees, we, we are looking at hypocrisy of the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, number 3, they said, do and not do. In Matthew 23, 5, all their works they do to be seen by men. In Matthew 23, 23, neglect the weightier matters of law. In Matthew 23, 28, outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. So how does leaven figure into its equation? Luke identifies the leaven to represent the Pharisees' hypocrisy. Yeshua points to his disciples. Do not learn from the Pharisees. Do not allow their influence to rub off on you. We could make a similar point today. Don't let someone else's hypocrisy to influence you to do the same. But I also want you to think about another aspect of this. Hypocrisy can be like leaven. Leaven starts small, but it ends up leavening the whole lump. Playing the hypocrite may start out small, but it can end up consuming our whole identity. Obviously, the lesson should be clear. Listen to God's words instead of our own opinions. In Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The problem is that it's sometimes extremely hard to see. While it looks so obvious to us, most of the Pharisees never saw it. Many have changed the requirements for salvation, but they can't see it. Some have expanded the work of the church past the intended purpose, but they don't see it. And we could be guilty of the same type of thing. This emphasizes the need for two things, a complete focus on the Word of God. And Thessalonians 1, 2, 13, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the Word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Two, an open heart and ready mind to receive the truth. In Acts 17, 11, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and search the scripts daily to find out whether these things were so. Again, the direct lesson of Yeshua's disciples is not to allow the Pharisees' doctrine to spread into their own hearts. The disciples were men just like the rest of us. Yeshua is telling them that they need to guard against being influenced by Pharisees' traditions, not that they are bad in itself, However, the issue is when man elevates their own traditions to be on par 
with the Lord's words. That is what the Pharisees have done. They had added to God's word and restricted where God had not. Another aspect, once we stray a little from God's word, there's no telling where we will end up. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Churches departed from God's word in regards to recreation and social interaction and doing those events and socials that are worldly have nothing to do with God Almighty. Case in point, do not go down that road. Once you do, it will be hard to stop and turn around. How do you get leaven out of bread? Make sure your service to God is genuine. Make sure you are listening entirely to God and not man. Salvation. Man says to pray to God and ask Yeshua to come into your heart. And if you do this, you can be saved. But what does God say? In Mark 16, 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. In Luke 13, 3, unless you repent, you will all likely perish. In Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Yeshua, you will be saved. In Acts 5, 29, we ought to obey God rather than men. In Mark 8, 22, he comes to Bethsaida. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So later again, Yeshua and the disciples go to Bethsaida. A blind man comes begging to Yeshua to heal him. Yeshua spat in his eyes and placed his hands on the man's eyes, and the man was healed. This man was given sight that very day, but it was his belief in the power of Yeshua is what healed him. Yeshua later then asked his disciples to tell him who people say he is. They offer a couple of names, including Elijah the prophet. But Peter says that he refers to Yeshua as the Messiah. Let's now turn to Mark 8, 27 to 29. Now Jesus and his disciples went out to the towns of Caesarea Philippi, and on the road he asked his disciples, saying to them, Who do men say that I am? So they answered, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah, and others one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. Hallelujah. Here Peter shows he truly understands and knows who Yeshua is. Yeshua HaMashiach is Hebrew for Jesus the Messiah. We are now are going to look at predictions. In the last verses of chapter 8, Yeshua says to his disciples that the Son of Man will suffer and be rejected by many before being killed and rising from the dead. It is in this chapter that he calls Peter Satan after Peter takes him aside to rebuke him for his words. Yeshua later teaches them the way of the cross and explains that if anyone wants life, that they should follow him and his teachings. 
Let's now read 831. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Here the rebuke of Peter was against the evil spirit that wanted to cause Yeshua to stumble. If Yeshua became grieved with not wanting to depart from his disciples, and then he would not want to follow through with God our Father's plan for the gift of redemption upon him, his road to the cross and resurrection. Here this applies to many of us, that sometimes our afflictions causes grievances on others. Sometimes we think we're helping someone when they have to go through the pain to get to the freedom of learning, it can be done. And in this case, God will see us through. Sometimes success is in the failure and learning that it is not a way we should walk. If we encourage someone to indulge in a vice that they are trying to leave or comfort them on not fighting through a trial, would be some examples. In this case, Yeshua was sent here for God's higher purpose for all men to be able to have a choice to amends with God. If you will turn to Mark 11, we will be ending here today. I hope that you're enjoying this segment. Be sure to catch the final segment on Resurrection Sunday, April 17, 2022. So let's now turn to Mark 11. Now they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a cold tide, on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied by the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded, so they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches, from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. First, there is the triumphant entry that Yeshua makes to Jerusalem, the cursing of the fig tree, the clearing of sinful activities in the temple, and lastly, the challenging of Yeshua's authority. Yeshua makes his entry in Jerusalem and he sends two of his disciples to find the donkey. 
And this is what we just recounted with, with Sister Yidra. What is the most amazing about this, that these passages were predicted by prophets Zechariah 9.9 and in Psalms 118, this part was predicted by Isaiah 25.1. Our Lord and King Yeshua was praised by his people as this was the beginning of the new foundation for a new life and opportunity to know our living God. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Hallelujah. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. This takes place in the morning after Yeshua comes to Jerusalem. Yeshua is hungry, but the fig tree did not provide any fruits to feed him. He then curses the tree so that no one can eat a fruit from it. Later, he enters the temple and drives out all the people who were doing businesses there. He knocks over the tables that were used for exchanging money and said to the scripts and said to the scribes that this house of God is a place of worship and not a den of thieves. Soon after the disciples pass by the fig tree in the evening, they find that it has dried up from the curse. Now let's read chapter 11, verse 17. Then he thought, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. Here in 17, his teachings of my house shall be called a house of prayer. Here Yeshua is clearly displaying that he holds the authority of our Lord God to call out the inequities of these people, but to set the standard of what is his house and what should it hold, and not to be a market for selling God and his words and his worship, but be used for prayer and to receive him, our Lord God. Let's read 11.20 on. Here, the Lord Yeshua brings into focus just how important is the prayer of one who believes. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree with two cores has withered away. So Yeshua answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. 
Okay, in the last six verses of this chapter 11 of Mark, the authority of Yeshua is challenged. The teachers of the law and the chief priests of the temple approach him and demand explanation as to whose authority he was operating under. He challenges them to explain who gave authority to John the Baptist or any other prophets before him, but Yeshua never explains who gave him the authority to do what he was doing. So we want you to turn now to Mark chapter 11, verses 27 to 33. Then they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? But Yeshua answered and said to them, I also will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesua, We do not know. And Jesua answered and said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Here again, yet another challenge by the chief priests and elders to Yeshua. But this time Yeshua shuts them down because they choose to retain information on by what authority John the Baptist was given. So Yeshua does not reveal his authority. It's God's decision when he will reveal and to who. But those who are just looking for a sign or by force demand something by which they deem necessary without first acknowledging Yeshua HaMashiach as the Savior and King or by a sincere repentance, the Lord will not answer. So we're going to look at John 14, 9. Yeshua is talking to Philip and he says, And says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So anyone can see God if one looks to Yeshua. And that is who Yeshua chooses to reveal to God, the one who looks to him. The invitation to look to Yeshua is open to all, not just a few or a selected few. As in Matthew eleven twenty seven, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whosoever the Son will reveal him. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Hallelujah. We hope today's message has profoundly given you the hope in Yeshua HaMashiach. Remember to always place God first in your life above all else. He will help you. Call on Him, Yeshua Jesus. 
Please be sure to join us on April 16, 2022, when we will be completing the Series 2 of the Works of Yeshua. We hope you don't miss it. We wish all of you a happy Passover and unleavened bread, and we will see you on Resurrection Day Sunday. Peace, shalom, Shabbat shalom, because this is a holy Shabbat day tomorrow. May you have rest with your family and the rest with God and celebrations, everyone. Glorify his name, praise his name. Thank you, Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you, Lord, for all of your works towards your creations of human people that you created, that you love so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God bless all of you and amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Royal Kingdoms podcast here on Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio. Find us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, LA, FM Player, and right here on our very own Royal Kingdom podcast on Podbean. Thanks to GospelRiver.com for glory to Thee. Glory to Thee. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. listening to Fruit of Thy Spirit Radio here on the Royal Kingdoms Podcast. Thanks for listening.